What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Own Your Shit Podcast with your host, Danielle Gertner, your ownership coach. <sighs> I got to make those noises for what we're about to chat about. And I'm going to just fair warning and just transparency here. This is definitely still more of a wound than it is a scar. And what I mean by that is this is still an open, pretty emotional uh, experience. (laughs) Sorry for the long pause there. Life experience that I'm navigating. And so there's going to be some raw emotion in here because I'm frustrated and and overwhelmed and all of the things. And um, and the reason I I give you that warning, a coach told me once, that there is a very important difference between sharing content and sharing stories from the lens, from it being a a scar, meaning it's healed, you're really not emotionally attached to the situation or the person or whatever it is, uh, versus a wound that's fresh and open and raw and painful. And the reason why that important, that distinction is so important, and I just think to have awareness of it is most people, when they share from a wound space, their judgment, their uh, perspective of the situation can be clouded by emotions because emotions, you know, take time to process and, and navigate sometimes. And that doesn't mean either are right or wrong. It's just noticing the different perspectives. I think it's important for me as a coach and as a human to say, okay, is this thing a little bit more of a wound or a scar? And you know, how much do I want to share? Again, when we're emotional, we tend to ramble. We tend to speak out loud in order to get to, um, I guess, the the root, the base of what we're trying to uncover. And sometimes that can be a little messy. So fair warning, this is more of a wound than a scar. Um, I wanted to share about my detainment. I was detained upon my arrival from Costa Rica in Fort Lauderdale Airport. And I don't want to just share the story of why I was detained and what happened, although I'll share those juicy details with you. I know you're a fucking gossiper. You want to know what the fuck happened. I'll share that with you. But I just want to share, you know, where my perspective is right now and how I'm navigating what I'm feeling, Uh, because I'm feeling a lot, a lot of different things that I want to share. So I'll tell you this story real quick. Um, I came home a week early from Costa Rica because I wanted to catch this event that I'm a part of in Austin that I really love. Uh, but I felt some resistance. I, I didn't really want to come home early. Um, you know, I was a little sad by it, but you know, nevertheless, I knew why I was coming home. I wanted to be part of this event. And so I land in Fort Lauderdale airport before my connecting flight to Austin and, you know, customs is a fucking disaster and everybody's traveling again. It was just really crazy. I waited probably like almost two hours just in customs. And then I get to the, you know, passport section um, where you actually show somebody your passport. And um, I had tried to do mobile passport for the first time because the, you know, flight attendant on the plane was like, oh, do mobile passport. It's a little bit faster. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to do mobile passport. And I get up to the passport and I was like, hey, I did mobile passport. And he's like, oh, well, it doesn't seem to be working. Um, I need your actual passport. Give him the actual passport. And he writes this big old letter B on my um, customs paper, whatever it was that I was carrying with me. And so he's like, you're going to have to be secondary inspected. You're going to have to go this way through the B line. So I'm like, all right, maybe I'm just being secondary inspected. Kind of sucks, but whatever. Go to this secondary inspection location. They had one person working and like 13 people in line. And these are not like, let me just check your passport. These are deep 
sometimes very deep. They take a lot of time cases. And so we're all in line, like moaning and groaning, like, come on, you guys don't have anybody else on staff to help with this. And eventually they got some more people. And so this one officer was like, here, I'll take care of you. Line B. Um, and, and it was the way he said it. He saw my password. He's like, oh, you're line B like, ha, caught you motherfucker. And you know, I'm like, all right, cool. And he said, we're going to have to secondary search your suitcase. And I'm like, all right, do, do what you got to do. And this was not a normal search. Let me, let me preface that. This was not a normal search. This was a, I am looking to find something search. I had over a month's worth, I had about six weeks of clothes and, you know, tchotchkes from my trip. Cause I was in Costa Rica and I was in Florida. Um, and I had, you know, you, I sushi rolled my shit. That's the only way to fit all that in a, a one suitcase. So I sushi rolled everything. Everything was super fucking organized. I knew where everything was. And that all went out the window. Cause this motherfucker tore my suitcase apart. Every, first of all, this is what he says to me. So I'm just gonna let you know what's gonna about to happen. I'm going to go through your entire suitcase and then you're going to pack it all back together. Cool. And I was like, uh, all right. It doesn't really seem like I have a say, but go ahead. So he's kind of a douchebag from the beginning. Told you that this is more of a, a scar, a wound than it is a scar. Um, and you know, I'm giving this guy the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, all right, he's doing his, just doing his job. No, this man crumples every piece of clothing I had to feel if there was anything tucked in the stitching of my thin ass shirts. Cause y'all know I'm fr free the nipple. Like I don't wear very much clothing. Um, and they, I mean, destroyed everything, tossing it into piles, not even, you know, minding like how he's crumpling things. And I had to tell him there are certain things I'm like, please don't crumple that. Right. You know, my mom's nightgown that my sister had, had left me. I'm like, please don't crumple that. Like pat it down. You don't need to fucking crumple it. And he's throwing my stuff everywhere. He sees mud on my, some of my sneakers. He puts that aside for testing. He sees, you know, body oils. Like I bought a body oil in Costa Rica that didn't have a label on it. That goes for testing. I had my brother's ashes with me. And even though they were in a cremated bag, he put it in the pile that was said that this needed to be tested. Every little thing, my Palo Santo sticks, everything, he was clearly looking for something. And in my suitcase, I had um, 10 packs of sample CBD sleeping pills that a company that I have been an ambassador for and have worked with for a couple of years sent me to try. Um, honestly, did not pack them specifically for Costa Rica. They just happened to be in the suitcase and I didn't use them on the trip. I just forgot about them and they were in the suitcase. So he takes those out of the bag. And, you know, I'm starting to do my, you know, he's, and, and, and also like I bought a, uh, an ashtray from Costa Rica that was carved out of bamboo. Um, and, and so again, all of these little things and Palo Santo, I brought with me from the States. And I said that to him, he's like, well, you know, I can't trust you that you brought it from the States who, you know, who's to say that you didn't buy it there, whatever. I'm like, okay, you're clearly a fucking idiot. So he's like, he's taking my shoes and I'm like, sir, I wasn't around any livestock or cattle, which is usually why they take your shoes, um, to, to test for anything, any pesticides, any chemicals, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I put it in my form. I wasn't around any cattle. I wasn't around any livestock. Um, he's like, oh, I have to test it anyway. You know, there's mud. And I was like, and you know, you, you don't, anyway. So then he calls a woman over from agriculture because he clearly, it seemed like he had no idea what he was doing. Um, and she's like, well, you know, did you ask her if she was around livestock or cattle? And I said, yes, he did. And I said, no. And she said, okay, then we don't need to test those. 
And then he's like, well, we need to test this mask or this ashtray that she bought, you know, that's wood. And the lady told me like, all right, like, where'd you buy this? I said, a market. She's like, okay, well, you know, you're technically, when you bring something like that in the country, you're supposed to spray it. I'm like, okay. She had no fucking problem. Then he's like, oh, and these ashes. And I said, sir, you are not testing my brother's ashes. They are in a certified cremated bag. And even the woman, this other woman who came over from agriculture was like, oh no, we, we don't deal with, with that. And he's like, oh, well, well, these are human remains. Like you're not supposed to to, you know, travel with them without paperwork. And I looked at him, I was like, and, and she said, this woman, she was like, no, 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 we don't deal. We don't deal on that. And to go, well, I'm still asking my supervisor. And I looked at him, I was like, how long have you been doing your job? Because it clearly doesn't feel like, or seem like you've been doing it for very long because you you're grabbing all these things to test that people over here don't seem to think are a big deal. So now I'm starting to get really frustrated because now I'm feeling really attacked. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with all of this? And, you know, hours are going by, right? Like, so now I start, he goes through everything and I said, can I start putting my stuff away now? And he's like, yes, I'm going to go test. You know, I had rape that I bought, which is a sacred tobacco powder, which I get it. It looks kind of sketchy. It's a little, you know, little thing of powder. And you're like, what is it? It's got no label on it. So I get it. All right do your thing, test the things you need to test. You're still not testing my brother's ashes. And I said to him, I was like, if you test my brother's ashes, we're going to have a serious problem because nowhere does it say that I'm not, that I am not allowed to bring this with me. It is in a certified cremated bag with the, like the funeral homes information on it, blah, 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 blah. I started to get really emotional. And he's like, well, I'm going to go check with my supervisor. I'll be back. And I start putting stuff in my suitcase away, putting it away, putting it away, putting it away. Mind you, I had a connecting flight. I had a connecting flight, um, which lucky for me at the time was getting delayed. I still ended up missing the flight. Um, but, but while he was doing this, the flight, I was getting notifications from JetBlue that the flight was delayed. And, you know, he comes back to me and he's like, well, everything's good except these CBD pills. They tested positive for marijuana. And I was like, well, they're not marijuana pills. They are CBD pills. CBD pills comes from this specific company from the hemp plant. They're not made from marijuana, so they do not have traces of marijuana in them. The test you're doing is probably a very generic test. And I've been through this before. So those of you that don't know my story, in 2018, my best friend and I were traveling around the country uh, with a pop-up movement and music festival that we started called Connection, bringing movement, music, and magic to 13 cities across the country. And one of our sponsors was a CBD company. And I have no shame in sharing the CBD company now and the absolute shit way they um, supported us through us getting in trouble, which is Green Roads. It was extremely disappointing because they sponsored us $13,000 worth of product, $1,000 for every city to give away their products at our events and to raise awareness around CBD and around the Green Roads brand. And we ended up getting stopped in El Paso, Texas in 2018 at a border patrol checkpoint and ended up getting arrested for all of the CBD that ended up testing over the legal limit. <sighs> That's a podcast. That's an episode in its own um, and, and the CBD company, they did nothing. They were, you know, communicative at first, but eventually just ceased answering us. Um, and let me back up and say we had weed in the car. We originally got stopped because a dog sniffed marijuana and, um, we take full ownership over that. We had uh, an eighth of flour, um, and I think two pre-rolled joints and, and that was really it. And when the officer stopped us and he asked, you have anything in your car? I knew that this was a risk, you know, and we bought it all legally from California and Colorado, which it doesn't matter. It's still transporting it over state lines, blah, 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 blah. I get it. 
Um, but I had it all in one Lululemon bag, like a little, you know, a little Lululemon tote. How fucking ironic is that shit? And I was super honest with the officer. I was like, yes, sir. We have a little bit of weed handed in the Lululemon bag. He take pokes his head in the Lululemon bag and was like, oh, all right. I mean, I have to weigh this, but this doesn't look like anything super serious. And then he's like, you know, we have to secondary search the car and we understood that's fine. And then they come walking in with all the CBD four and a half hours later, we are being arrested for having, um, almost six pounds. This was charged as pounds at the time, um, for CBD because it was oils, it was lotions, it was their disgusting CBD frog gummies. Um, and we ended up getting arrested. It turned into four uh, felonies on my friend's record um, and misdemeanors on my record. Again, long story. They did nothing to help us. They stopped answering us. They said it was our fault because we got uh, stopped for the marijuana, which is true. But we got arrested for the CBD because no nothing on the charges were about the marijuana that we had. Well, my, one of my misdemeanors. Um, so anyway, flash forward. Um, this is a very similar situation happening again. Um, and I was telling my, my friend Sarah the other day who this happened with, of like, is this karma because you got the felonies on your record and, and, and I didn't, which the charges were dropped. Um, but anyway, um, you know, here I am, you know, he's, he's sifting through everything. He's testing it. And I said this to him, I was like, when this happened in El Paso, this is a very similar situation. And, you know, well, let me back up. So he tests the CBD and he comes back to me and he tried to catch me in a lie, which I'm not going to lie about what happened. He said, you know, have you ever gotten in, in, you know, in trouble for anything like this before? Um, you know, just, just wanted to check <laughs> as if, you know, for, to give me the possibility of saying, oh no, nothing's ever happened before, which I could have because all of the charges were dropped, but I figured you know, yeah, I'm going to tell you. I said, yes, sir. In 2018, I was driving through El Paso, Texas, and something very similar to this happened. We got in trouble for carrying CBD that according to a really stupid fucking test, you have to understand these border patrol and customs um, officers are not in a fucking lab testing this. They're dropping this in a, I don't even know what's in the bag. And if it turns a color, it tests positive for marijuana. Like it's absolutely bullshit. It's absolutely bullshit. Not to mention that Miami-Dade just decriminalized the possession of marijuana and I'm getting fucking arrested for CBD. So the wound, people, the wound. So I explained this to him. I said, yes, went into a situation like this before. The charges were dropped because they understood and the judge came to the conclusion that they did not have a base to charge us for because it was CBD and it was tested improperly. Um, and he's like, well, it's showing up in the system that you had a first offense, not that you got charged, but that you had a first offense. I have to charge you for a second offense. And so now I'm like, what the actual fuck? Cause I didn't think I had any, you know, any record of this, um, because no charges were filed. Nothing ended up happening. Sarah's charges were dropped. My charges were dropped. Nothing happened. And I'm explaining this to him. Well, it doesn't matter. You still have a second da, 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 da. And according to my supervisor, da, 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 you, you get a second charge. And I said, like, okay, well, what does it mean to get a second charge? And he said a $5,000 fine. And I said, you're joking, right? There are 10 packs of these sample CBD sleeping pills. I want you to understand this for a second, y'all, if you're still with me. These were sample packs, you know, like the little, little, there were four pills in a little pack that this company had sent me, which by the way, the company has been, this company has been extremely supportive 
um, which I'm so grateful for. Santa Cruz Medicinals out of California. They're amazing. And I trust the shit out of their stuff. Um, I know that it was tested incorrectly and they have been really incredible and supportive of, um, of this whole experience. So seriously, shout out to them. Please look up their stuff because it really is amazing. I cook with their CBD coconut oil all the time. Um, it, it, it's just good stuff. So anyway, um, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, sir, I'm, I'm not paying $5,000 for 10 sample packs of sleeping pills, of CBD sleeping pills. This is ridiculous. I can go to the gas station and buy shit CBD that probably does test positive for marijuana. Um, I'm not, I'm not doing that. So what are my other options? Said so you, you have no other options. So I said, I have no other options. Okay. So I can't call my lawyer. No, you have no rights here in border patrol and customs, which I didn't know that. And it's actually true. You don't have the right to call a lawyer or call anybody. They don't let you use your cell phone. And it's, I was fucking scared. You know, I was being sassy because this guy is a fucking moron. And if you ever listen to this podcast, you were acting like a fucking moron, sir. I don't believe you are as a human, but you were being a robot of a law that makes no sense. What kind of signals and, and signs and messages are you sending people that I can go to the gas station and buy CBD from God knows what company, but I cannot carry it on my person from a very credible company outside of California. And you're going to base this off some stupid test that's really wrong. And um, so fast forward, right? I was giving him a really fucking hard time. I was like, I'm not signing this promissory note saying that I am going to pay this $5,000 fine. I don't have $5,000 to give you nor am I going to give it to you because I'm not guilty. And they're making me feel like a criminal while you're carrying it. And I said, well, what are my other options? He said, the other options, you don't sign it and we arrest you. And I said, well, you can bring out the handcuffs and please bring the Broward County Sheriff down because I want to speak to him because I'm not signing this, nor am I signing it because they said that they wrote on the promissory note, CBD marijuana sleeping pills. And I said, I'm not going to sign it because it says CBD marijuana pills. These are not marijuana pills. They are CBD sleeping pills. So Broward County Sheriff comes off. Now I've missed my flight. It's like 10 o'clock. I've been with them for almost four hours, mm -hmm. which by the way, they searched me. They had two women officers pat me down in a private room and like in like a little under the armpit, you know, this was like in the coochie. I wasn't naked, um, but I, because I was wearing workout clothes, they said if I was wearing anything else that I would have had to take my clothes off. Um, and they patted me down and they felt me up in all the different places. And, you know, I, I'm tempted to say here, like, I get my white privilege. And, you know, that's a conversation for another time because was I treated differently probably than somebody who didn't look like me? Sure. Yes. I, you know, I wasn't put in handcuffs just like the instance in 2018, but I have every right to feel what I feel, but I feel this white guilt also of, you know, I need to talk about the fact that I recognize I wasn't treated as poorly as I probably could have been. I recognize, I really do. I'm not making light of that. And what I'm experiencing is also very real. I felt abandoned and feel abandoned by our government that you're going to, you're going to have one law that says CBD is legal. And then one that says, Oh, th this shit test is, is saying that that's testing positive for marijuana. No option for me to get another test done. Um, it's just, no, what we say go. You can't talk to a lawyer. You can't, I'm 27 years old. I've never experienced something like this before. I have a lot of questions. You're not willing to answer them. Um, every time I tried to ask a question, it's in the promissory note. Sign the promissory note. I said, all the promissory note is telling me is that 
I have to sign this and pay $5,000 to the government in a month. And I'm not doing that. So he's like, well, I'm going to go get my supervisor. Supervisor comes down. This dude just looked like he was half fucking nose. Not that I care because your job is not to, um, project your shit ass job and experience and day on me. And that's exactly what was happening. It was late at night. They were all projecting their shit all over the place. And I said, sir, I don't understand how I don't have any other option, but to sign this promissory note. And he said, this is your second offense. I said, you're wrong. This is not my second offense. You have no idea what happened in the first offense. He wouldn't let me speak. He said, I'm, I don't care to listen to what you have to say. This is not a debate. This is not a discussion. Sign the promissory note. And if you don't sign the promissory note, I will arrest you for smuggling. Those were my options. Sign a $5,000 promissory note for 10 packs. So it ended up being 40 pills because it was four pills in these sample packs or be arrested for smuggling. And I started to laugh. I said, so you're telling me that the way that you protect our country is by charging somebody who has CBD pills with smuggling. That is what our government is doing in Border Patrol and Customs. And he said, I don't have time for this. I have better things to do. I will give you 10 more minutes to make your decision. And if you do not sign the promissory note, I'm coming back down here with handcuffs and, and goes on his way. And so I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? My friend Michelle was expecting to pick me up in Austin's airport a certain time. I can't even text her to tell her I was sneaking text messages. And then when the officer, the Broward County Sheriff officer saw me on my phone, he grabbed my phone out of my hand and said, you're, I'm taking this. You're not allowed to be on your phone. I said, sir, what do you want me to do right now? I am here by myself. I have people who are waiting for me on the other side that are trying to figure out if I'm staying in Fort Lauderdale or da, 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 da. It's, it's ridiculous. Like I was a criminal and, and they, they, they were going to put me in a holding cell, but all the holding cells were occupied. <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom and they took me to the holding cell and had a lady come out of the holding cell so that I could pee in the holding cell. It was fucking crazy guys. It was just crazy. And so, so the, the lessons in this, right? I spent 22 minutes now telling you all the things that happened. Basically I ended up signing the promissory note because again, I, I, didn't feel like I had any other choice. And I was scared. I didn't want to get arrested. Um, I didn't know if that was going to be better than signing the promissory note and getting out of there and calling my lawyer right away or sitting in jail. And for God knows how long, who knows what he would have done. I would have called him a fucking idiot the rest of the night if he would have actually arrested me for smuggling and spent their time, resources, and energy on booking me in a jail for 10 packs of CBD sleeping pills for smuggling. Like you're a fucking moron. And I said to him, I was like, this is really how our government protects us. Like, congratulations, sir. You stopped a dangerous criminal from smuggling CBD into our great country that is selling it at the fucking gas station. Okay. So where are we now? It's been a very emotional. Um, I'm still in the middle of it. We're still now trying to negotiate at this point. It's Friday, July 30th. Who knows where we'll be when we, you know, listen to this episode, but, um, they told me, the officers at the airport told me that I would get a bill in the mail from the government, from Uncle Sam, whoever the fuck it is, giving me instructions of where the money needed to be sent. And he said, more likely than not, they will offer you a payment plan. Because who the fuck? I don't have $5,000 just chilling. Like, I'm sorry. I'm a business owner. Like, I pay people. I don't even pay myself. I don't have $5,000. So he's like, you'll get a letter. Well, my lawyer calls me two days ago and says... I just talked to somebody in, I don't know who he's talking to, U.S. Court, 
can't even say it this many times, talking to somebody from U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, and they said that they do not have to send you a letter, that the money is due August 9th, which is a month from when I was detained. And and I said you know, to my lawyer, I said, how am I supposed to pay this money if they don't, I, I have no address, I have no phone number, I don't know where to pay it to. Oh, they take it out of your bank account. That's what the motherfucking government does. You can go into my bank account and take my money. Cue me researching offshore bank accounts. Real shit. <laughs> um, so I'm just like, wait, what? So now I have to try to figure out $5,000 by, you know, in, in nine days. Like, all right, cool. Let All right. And he's like, well, I'm trying to file a petition. Um, I need these things from you. And I need you to reach out to the CBD company and see if they'll write a letter. And they did. And so now we're waiting to see if they will give us a court date or allow us to test the CBD um, pills ourselves with a private, uh, a private test. And, um, so that's where we are. But the point of this, and I apologize, it took me 25 minutes to get here, but I couldn't skip all of the juicy details you needed to know is how do I let this affect me? Right? Because obviously it's been stressful. I called Sarah, I was crying. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening again because the first time it was stressful and I didn't even have the felonies on my record. Sarah did. But just like knowing what she was going through, knowing that I had felonies on my record or misdemeanors, knowing that I, you know, luckily I'm my own boss. But if I wanted to ever apply for something, I would potentially have to check that shit off for really doing nothing wrong, for bringing health to people. It's crazy. It's fucking insane. I told the officers, too. I was like, you know what you should do once I go? Steal some of these pills and do me and the rest of the country a favor and take some of them because you clearly fucking need it. <sighs> Wound. I was really mad and very sassy. Honestly, I believe rightfully so. I wasn't going to sit there and cross my hands and batter my eyelids and say, yes, sir, because it was bullshit. And it is bullshit. But, or, and I recognize that being in this state, I feel it right now. My heart is racing. My test, my chest feels tight. This isn't serving me. It's causing disease in my body. So let me take a couple deep breaths first. I invite you to take them with me. One more. That feels better. So I have the power to choose how I let this affect me. I missed my flight. I had to rebook a flight the next morning, barely made it to the event the next night, spent extra money and time and energy than I thought I was going to have to spend. And does it suck? Fuck yeah, it sucks. Do I recognize my white privilege? Am I still grateful that I got out of there? Absolutely. And it sucks. And it's been really draining. And again, I recognize my power of choice here. And I asked myself a question, where is my energy best spent? And I asked myself that question when I was sitting there as the hours were ticking by and he, the officer was just continuing to go through my things and test guys, literally everything. And by the way, they did not end up testing the ashes. Um, I forgot. I didn't mention that earlier in case you wanted to know. Um, they did not ended up end up testing them because the, you know, he came down from talking to his supervisor. And as I mentioned, he said, oh, we do not have to do anything with the ashes. I said, didn't I say that? And he just ignored me. Um, 
And I took my brother back with me and he wanted to take the ashes upstairs. I said, you will not take these ashes with you. These will not leave my site. If you want to test the ashes, if that's the case and I have no other choice, you will do it right in front of me. Um, but anyway, I asked myself this question, where is my power here? Where can I empower myself here? Because this dude is clearly not, he's not listening to me. He has chosen how he's going to approach the situation. All of the officers who dealt with me chose how they were going to deal with the situation. And um, so my power was in knowing that I had nothing in my control in that exact situation and that I needed to wait and get myself out of there so I could talk to my lawyer. And the same question applies now. Every time I talk to my lawyer, it's still frustrating. It's still painful. I'm still nervous. I'm still anticipating $5,000 disappearing from my bank account. And... I am going to continue to choose faith over fear. And this is something I talked a lot about when I released my life after life episode, when my brother passed away and I talked about his life and talked about what we were experiencing from, you know, his passing and faith over fear um, or faith versus fear, choosing faith or fear was, has been a big theme. And I talked about a lot on that episode and here it is again. Do I lean into fear? And fear oftentimes causes us to panic. That's why I was getting mad. I was also getting mad because the situation was fucking stupid, but also because I was scared. Fuck yeah, I'm scared. I don't want to get arrested. I've, I've never gotten trouble, serious trouble in my life. Um, I don't want to feel like a criminal because I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, and so this, this question came up. And it's going to continue to come up. Do I choose faith or fear? And, and let's talk about faith for a second, because I, I, I think it's important to understand what's the difference between faith and hope, because they are very different. Hope is really believing that, um, and I'm trying to think of, there was a definition that I found or, or they were comparing hope and faith. And I really liked the way that they shared it, but hope is, um, Praying on an outcome, a specific outcome, a specific expectation or desire uh, based off of things you already know now. Faith is a detachment of outcome, not based off of any expectations or desire and just complete openness for what is to come. And so here I am, faith versus fear, time and time again. And that's how I've had to choose to navigate it because there's a lot I don't know. How the fuck do you contact the government? Do you know how hard it is to contact Border Patrol and Customs? Guys, it is redundant. He gave me, actually, I got to find that little packet that he gave me um, so I can file a complaint. There is a phone number, but it is ridiculously hard to contact them to contact the government. And they do that on purpose. I strongly believe that they don't want to be contacted. They're like, fuck you. Don't talk to me. Um, and I still choose faith. I will not, I, I get it. You know, like it's money is $5,000 a lot of money. Fuck. Yeah, guys, this is the first time in my life that my business is not that I haven't been stable the last five years, but like, I'm actually making more money than I'm spending. And let me fucking let me knock on wood there. Can you knock on some wood for me? But this was the first time I have a team that I pay. You know, I have a head of community. I have a head of communications. I have a virtual assistant for the first time in my life. 
I, I have a, a, I have life insurance. I pay my bills on time. I actually am making money. And $5,000 is a huge dent and loss to my business. It sucks, right? Can you imagine getting charged $5,000, some fucking damn expensive CBD pills? And, um, and it hurts. And I, I, I have money insecurities, right? I'm not afraid to, to talk about that. I've had money insecurities throughout a big portion of my life. And I've done a lot of work to work through them. And this, you know, I thought about, it. I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity to surrender and remember that money is just money. And I get that money is just money. It'll leave its energy. It'll come back to me in other ways. I believe that I'm staring at my board of five beautiful women that are joining the own your shit self mastery program starting in September that have invested their time, energy, trust, faith, and money in me and my business. And I feel grateful for that. I know it comes back to me and it fucking sucks. And so this is a big lesson in this faith versus fear. Am I going to choose fear? Oh my God, $5,000. Like, fuck, how am I going to pay my team? I choose faith. I choose faith that the universe recognizes. It's like the real recognize real. The universe recognizes the real. The universe sees me here, is still holding me here. And when I say it's been hard to, to choose faith over the, over fear in this situation, it has been. It has been really fucking hard to choose faith over fear. Every time when my lawyer told me, oh, well, they told us that they don't have to send you a letter, that they can just take the money out of your account. What the fear? Fear of being taken advantage of, fear of being manipulated, which I was, fear of being abandoned, which I am being abandoned. But I still choose faith. And when I choose faith, and it's just, I choose faith. I say that to myself. I am choosing faith. I am protected by divine intelligence, infinite intelligence and love and divine guidance. It softens my heart. And that's the real point that I wanted to make here, wrapping this up. When something happens to us, like this fuckery, or a death, like my brother, or a sudden breakup or loss of any kind, right? Because what we're really talking about here is loss. Our heart oftentimes hardens. Our heart oftentimes hardens because we're scared, because of fear. And we don't see the world very clearly. We don't see ourselves very clearly from a hardened heart. We don't. We see it through a narrow keyhole. We see it filtered by all the things that have happened to us in the past, all of our worldviews. We do not see the world clearly. And when we don't see the world clearly, we don't see all of our options. We don't see the abundance. We don't see the gratitude. We don't see the possibilities of how this could turn out. We see what we see and we're blinded by everything else. And that can be very dangerous very dangerous to live with a hard heart. And I'm not saying immediately you got to soften. I mean, feel your pain. You know, I was fucking mad. I've been mad. Told you this is a wound, not a scar. I'm fucking mad. Idiots. And, and I am choosing to soften my heart. 
Let me take another deep breath. So my question to you, friend who is listening, where are you still carrying a hard heart? And can you soften it a little bit? Because the softer I've made my heart, the more open I've becoming, I have become to what will happen. It's out of my control. And it doesn't change who I am. It's sure not going to change the system right now. Um, it's not going to change how hard I work. It's not going to change how I show up for my clients, for myself, for my family, for my community. It's going to suck. And I'm not going to let it ruin all of the good and beauty and abundance and love and light that exists in my life. And that is what choosing faith over fear means. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to stand for what is right. I'm not going to stand in my power. But I am going to surrender to what is not in my control. And changing that officer's mind in the moment was out of my control. Trying to fight the government right now, this moment, is out of my control. It won't be. Bitch, better believe I'm going to show up at your fucking doorstep. We're going to have a conversation. But in this moment, today, on July 30th, 2.01 p.m., here I am in my tiny home. I can't do anything right now but breathe and choose faith and still honor what I'm feeling. You can do both. You can do all of the above. It doesn't have to be, oh, well, if you choose faith and you can't get mad anymore. No, I'm, I'm still mad. Still really fucking mad. And I still choose faith. I will continue to recognize in each situation what is in my control and what isn't. And um, remember where my power lies, which is in my breath, which is in how I respond and react to situations. Can't say I responded super well to what was happening. <laughs> Um, when I was in the moment, uh, it was hard. It took me some time to breathe. Like after hour two, I was like, okay, after a good cry, I was like, okay, where's my power here? What I have, what do I have the power to do? Can't, can't jump the guy. There's a lot of guns around me, but if I catch him in the streets, I will. Um, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's a choice. It's an everyday choice and it doesn't have to just be about when some shit happens to you, loss. It could be when you are scared to put yourself out there, when you're scared of failure, fear of in failure, fear of success, fear of your own potential, imposter syndrome. Do you choose faith or do you choose fear? This fear is paralyzing, blinding, deafening. It robs you of your potential human and spiritual understanding and experience. Fear robs you of the potential of your whole and complete human experience and spiritual experience. It limits your mindset, it does. Limits your capacity to love unconditionally. And it's dangerous. And so I choose, I choose faith. And I hope you choose, will choose faith too. Mm. That's what I got for you beautiful people today. I was detained and here's what I'm doing with it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you want to connect, 
You can find me at daniellegertner.com, at daniellegertner on the gram. I also now have a TikTok. I'm going to throw that out there at daniellegertner, some workouts, some mindset, definitely some sass. And if you ever need me, ownership at daniellegertner.com. I'd love to connect with you, support you, see you, cheer you on in any way I can. So as you know, we are all on this journey home to ourselves. Thank you so much for owning your shit. And I will talk to you soon. 